0: impact where we interview people who had a powerful impact on the community music or the culture at large i'm so racked and joining me tonight is goddess Neb and sp and tonight you know i'm, I'm excited because we got like a a special guest a hip-hop pioneer not only in hip-hop music and media as well and so we have by the who come to us tonight my man, T-Money, we're glad to have you on the show. We're excited to talk to you about your journey. So I'm going to start off with the first question, and then we just want you to just go ahead and share with us about your journey tonight. Where okay. are you from originally, and how did that shape you as a person, professionally and personally?
1: Well, I am from um, Newcastle slash Westbury, Long Island, New York. Word. Word. Um, Long Island gets a hard rap sometimes in regards to, you know, because everything now that is acceptable is, you know, you got to be from somewhere that was really hard, you know, hardcore, you know, I kept, I, you know, I grew up, you know, in a lower middle-class neighborhood, you know, a lot like, you know, a lot of people, you know what I mean? I have, you know, I was blessed to have, you know, a great upbringing, man. I, You know, I went to great schools and, you know, I mean, I didn't go to private school. I went to public school. You know, um, my neighborhood was um, 85 to 90 percent black, 8 um, uh, percent Hispanic, and the rest, you know, 2 percent white. Okay. So, you know, so you know, I encountered a lot of the things as far as the street was concerned, um, just like any other place. You know what I mean? I mean, there was there was drugs, there was there was poverty, there was you know a lot of things going on in my neighborhood. Trust me. So. Um, matter of fact, as growing up, man, they used to call my neighbor, I mean, was Westbury, but they used to call it uh, Crackberry, because, you know, we, at one point in time, we were the number one um, um, consumer of crack in, in the state of New York, New York, Westbury, New York, mm-hmm. Newcastle, you know what I mean? So a lot of guys, you know, did that hand-to-hand on my block, so it was, it was really crazy. But um, how it shaped me, um, I, I would think it shaped me well, because I had two good parents, man. You know, my parents raised me well. And as a kid, I was, you know, really into sports. I was an athlete. You know, I played baseball. Uh, you know, ran track. You know, and I was, I was pretty good at playing football. You know, and you know the the local, the local drug dealers around the way used to be like, yo, you know, I don't want you part of this life. You know, you got a future. You know, play sports, do what you do. You know what I mean? Because we were all friends. You know, we went to school together and everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. It was um and the o g s you know they knew my 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 parents, you know you know, my father's like a legend in the neighborhood, you know what I mean, so you know i i was I never really got involved, you know that although I had you know ample opportunity to do so, I never really got involved with you know moving drugs or guns or anything else, you know what I mean, so that was not my my life, you know what I mean, although I plenty of my friends did, you know, and and a lot of them are here today, you know, some of them are still locked up. You know what I mean, um but um yeah, it, it was um it was a tough tough upbringing, you know what I mean, I could say that, but you know i I, I um I got through it pretty well,
0: yeah, I appreciate you talking about that, and the thing mm-hmm. I, I I do love about what you said, you mentioned Long Island, there are a lot of hip-hop icons that came from Long Island you got oh, EP yeah, no EPMD, yep. and many mm-hmm. more, so uh, you know, yep. I don't know what yep. impact they had on you directly. But as far as the hip hop culture, they made a major impact, and as well as you, and mm-hmm. so you know, I'm glad that you did mention Long Island because you're right. And I, it seems that sometimes Long Island may get overlooked, but anybody that knows the his, hip hop history, Long Island made a, a strong mm-hmm. contribution to the culture, yeah, so, without
1: but, I mean, yeah. Without question, I mean, without question, I mean, yeah. Long Island was um, integral mm-hmm. in the growth of hip hop. I mean, we're talking, as you mentioned earlier, you mentioned Rakim. Yeah. EPM, EPMD, um, mm-hmm. De La Soul, um, you know, you talk about Public Enemy, you talk yeah. about myself, myself and the great Dr. Dre. Um, uh, no doubt. you know what I mean? We, um, you know, Biz we all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. The Biz is from Word. out east. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, we made a great impact on the music, man. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's documented, you know,
0: exactly. and
1: get you to know, understand that, um, um, the hip-hop spans not just only in New York City in the five mm-hmm. boroughs it, it reached out to to the island as well in Queens and yeah you know
0: yeah 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 Staten Island and so many other places as well and as mm-hmm. we know it today is global now so you know hip-hop no, started no one place, but it's global so we just loving mm-hmm. the
1: move. no question
2: T money where did you get your name from <laughs>
1: That's a funny. That's a. That's always a funny question. Um, <laughs> it had it had nothing to do with hip hop music or anything. It, it was really sports related. Um, when I when I used to play football, um, there was a there was a gentleman, you know, that used to, you know, when money was a terminology back then, you know, you you know, you play sports, you know, you, you hit the jump, oh, that's money, or you um, you know, you run a touchdown, you good as money because everything you touch, you know, you good as money. So. A friend of mine, actually, um, he was also a friend of Dr. Dre's. He played, he played basketball, and his name, his name was, um, I think his name was Derek or Darren or something like that. And he thought it was really cool for him to use the money as a last name. And at the time, I was DJing, and my name was Cool Cool Kelsey because my last name is Kelsey, right? Which was to this day, it was, it's like to me, it was like the corniest name I could ever come up with, but. <laughs> but, you know, but so and then when I saw, I said, like, yo, D-Money, I said it sound better if I say T-Money. So I then I took his, took his name. And at the same time, simultaneously, people were like, yo, you good as money. I like when you play, you, you like money. So I was like, okay, this works for me. I'll use money. Okay. So since then, I took, took the T-Money and made it, you know, and what it is today.
2: No, it just kind of stayed.
1: But yeah, no question. It stuck, you know.
2: <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Were you in high school, what other
1: career choices were you thinking about? Well, like I said earlier, um, you know, my my main career choice, I really wanted to be um a professional athlete. Okay. You know, um my my cousin, my older cousin played played um college football at Michigan. Um my younger cousin right now plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I, I have a lineage of family members that play college football or professional football. So I always wanted to play professional football. So in college, what had happened is I, um, you know, the classic story of you got hurt and your career was over. That was me. I got hit in the knee. My knee went out. My my football career was over at that point. So then I um, embraced the music because I was already doing it with Dre. Me and Dre were, were DJing since we were much younger, man. We had a the DJ group called The Concept, which which later became um, Def Jam's original concept, which was signed one of the five groups, the first five groups that were signed to Def Jam recordings. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I um, my football career ended in college, but I was, <laughs> um, I, you know, and I look back on it sometimes. I say, well, what if I would have just kept trying to play, you know, so, but it never, it never happened.
2: I guess we'll never know.
1: No, not now, no. no. (laughs) They hit me like that now, I'm calling the police. Please, get out (laughs) of here. We're
2: not doing that now.
0: Well, when I
1: come... Go
0: ahead. I was going to say, when I come in the city, I definitely want to reach out to you. We get on that court. Let's see. I want to see what you're doing on there. Oh, yeah Yeah, we yeah, we'll see
1: what you got. We'll see what you I'm got. I'm mad at me. that, son. I got that, I got Listen to me. Listen to me. You might beat me, but I'm going to get mine, son. Trust hey, me. I'm you. telling you. We don't know. You might beat me. We don't know how it's going to go. I just want to see if
0: you're <laughs> right. on the money. You know what I mean? No, no, all the money. No, I'm on the money. That's right. Yeah, I, I know that you did mention your, your group that which you was in, which was on uh, the concept group, which became Original Concept. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because I feel like you, you like I said before in the beginning, when we was talking about what your career stands for and what how you define the culture, I feel like Original Concept also defined the culture because of the music that was being made. Can you just kind of elaborate on the Original Concept and the contribution you made to the culture?
1: Well... Um, back then, you know, and, and I look at hip hop, I always look at the music, not necessarily the whole culture itself, but the music mm-hmm. in particular, um, 360, cause you think you got to remember at that time, hip hop music was kind of still in its infant stages. Although there were companies that started record labels, people mm-hmm. rap groups were coming out, you know, pretty regular. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still, you know, hip hop was still a baby at that time. You know. Okay. And what was interesting about the music at that time was that when you when a when an artist came out, the artist was you know, they were different than the artists that came out previous. Okay. You know, if Eric B and Rakim came out, then try, you know, then Trial Call Quest had a different sound. Then, you know, Biz had a different sound. You know, mm-hmm. um EPMD had a totally different sound. So um Original concept when we when we sat down to actually put together and 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 and, and let me take it back just a little bit we okay. we were discovered by um, the great Rick Rubin of mm-hmm. of Def Jam and he he was always into doing different things I mean, I mean the Beastie Boys in itself could tell you that mm-hmm. he was interested in doing you know these white guys who rap and they you know they were actually punk rockers at one time you know but they took it to another level but with that being said, he he saw myself, Dre, Easy G, um, and Rapper G, and and he said, you know, we want you guys to do something totally different. You know, we you know that's why we talked on records. We made you know we created um, bass music as a whole. I mean, you know, Luke Skywalker from Two Loud Crew could tell you that because he that's where he got it from. You know, yeah, um, he credits original concept with that. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we were we were interested in coming out and being different. We didn't want to just, I mean, we did have myself as a rapper, rapper G as a rapper, but we were interested in doing different type of music. We would do instrumentals. We would talk on songs. We would do different things, you know, trying to be a little more diverse than the average rap group. You understand? Mm-hmm. So that that's what, you know, that's what fueled us to try to be different, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I like what you said that you were, that you were trying to be different. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the desire that was in the artists during the golden era of hip hop is that we were striving for that originality. It seems that today you don't see as much originality as you did when you guys were coming out because you wanted to leave an imprint, you know? And I think right. that I think that's a big difference uh, today versus what you saw back then is that people were striving to be different. They wanted to be original. They wanted to be create their own brand do you want to just speak to that? We're going to get back into um, some of the other things you did, but since we're here, I just want to kind of explore that because yeah, you did mention that, and so I just want to kind of explore it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with that, and and okay. It was so, so funny because as as hip hop grew, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, in its infant stages, it was about being different. It was mm-hmm. about blazing your own trail because those trails, there were no trails, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, you were you were taking, you know. Um, uh, the de la so sound let's just throw it against here let's see if it works. We're taking mm-hmm. we're taking the tribe sound, let's see if it works. You know, we are taking these different vibes, you know, um, you know, female MCs, you know, by themselves, Latifah, Moni Love, you know, let's see, let's see if all this works. You know, we mm-hmm. like it, but let's see if, if the world likes it. You understand? Um and DMC from Run DMC once said he was he was saying the, the same exact thing, saying that during that era, everybody had a different sound. You know, Run DMC didn't sound like um, Eric B and Rakim. Mm-hmm. Eric B and Rakim didn't sound like the, the next group. You know, everybody was interested in being so different. They, it, and as hip hop matured, and it, you know, maybe I'm using that term loosely, as it grew, it started being more about
2: Evolve. every group coming
1: out and turning turning a dollar. Yeah. You know. So yeah. now, if if you if you've seen a, a rap group or someone do well, right now you're gonna piggyback off that group sound with another artist. You know, if, especially if you're another label, because you're not in competition directly with the on the label with the same artist. You're doing you're doing the same type of sound mm. because you know that sound in the marketplace works. But what does it do to the music? It dilutes it. Mm. You know, it, it makes it less entertaining overall. You know, then everybody sounds the same. That's why today you got. New York artists sounding like country artists. You know, you got mm-hmm. you got b artists sounding like they want to be Wu-Tang Clan, which I don't get it. I don't get it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. So it, it came all about dollars and cents and, and a lot less about the the artistry, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, that that's a problem, you know? And to be honest with you, it hasn't changed. It's, it's, it's getting worse as time progresses. So when someone, you know, and that's why when somebody comes out that's so heralded as being different and he's successful, he's like, he or she's a God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're revered like, Oh my God, he's so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Granted you're, you're good, <laughs> yeah. but you know, you're just you're being different like you're supposed to be, you know? Yes. So yes. It's, it's, it's weird. It's a weird yeah. energy. Mm-hmm.
2: See Mike, let's go back into time for a little bit. Mm-hmm. To what was the first, Hip hop song you heard, like well, the first time your ears listened to some hip-hop beats, and you're like, whoa, what is that?
1: The first rap the first hip-hop song on record that I ever heard was um yeah. fatback band's King Tim the Third. The first rap song I've ever heard. I actually heard that um, on a friend's um, on a friend's stereo at his house. I couldn't believe it. I said, Wait, what is that? I said, you're playing that on a record? He said, yeah, I, I, got, I, got, um, I got the record, you know, because Fatback Band had this, had this idea to do this song called King Tim the Third and the guy was rapping, you know? You know, it was, it was like, it was amazing. I said, like, wow, they're putting rap on record now, you know? And then uh, you hear songs come out like Curtis Blow and then you heard Spoonie g and you start hearing um, all these new songs. It was like, whoa. Okay, enjoy records for putting out songs. So you were like, wow, okay, now it's become a viable thing. Maybe my mother and father will let me actually do this for a living instead of trying to tell me to do something else. You know? Mm-hmm. You know oh, you got to go to college. You know? If you don't go to college, your life will be nothing. You know? Of course. Right. We get, we get yeah. that speech. We definitely yes, get, yes. That
2: speech. We all get that speech.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah.
2: What song made yeah. you fall in love with hip hop? What was
1: that song that made you fall in love? Like I don't I don't that's a good question. That's a very good question. I don't to be quite honest with you, I don't think it was I don't think it was a song, to be quite honest with you, because keep in mind I I I've been DJing I'm I'm a DJ by trade, even though I don't DJ anymore, you know. Um but I'm a DJ by trade. I, I can DJ in my sleep. I DJed since the in session, since I started listening to music, period. I was the, I, let me give you a story. So the, like, you ever see those in my parents' house? You ever see those, um those big old stereos with the big wooden stereos that look like furniture?
3: Yes. You ever
1: see those things? Yes. So my parents had yes. one of those in the house, right? right? And then they got, they had another little turntable and you know, my, my cousin had another little turntable in her room, so what I would do I would plug up both and plug up to f- try to figure out how to, so I can hear it. Right. You know, I had no headphones. There was no headphones, so I would I would play like I was DJing on both these things. It was ridiculous. One turntable was here and one was <laughs> down here on the ground. You know. So, and then I started doing that. I, I got pretty good at it. And then I, and then Dr. Dre, who was my my friend in school, right? Mm-hmm. He was starting he was starting a group, but then I you know and I got with this other guy named Kevin and, and me and Kevin got together and we started doing this group and then I left that guy and then me and Dre started actually doing parties. Okay. Oh, so you uh, and Dre
2: met at school.
1: Yeah, me and Dre are uh, childhood friends. I met Dre in fifth grade. Me and Doctor Dre are, are childhood friends. Okay. Oh, okay. We we grew, you know, I met Doctor Dre I, we had a um in Mrs. Bundy's class, we had a class project. Okay this is this is how far Batman and Dre goes We had a class project where we had to give um one of our classmates a gift right mm-hmm. so I bought Dre some kind of model car that you had to glue together, and i don't know I don't know even know what he gave me if he gave me anything <laughs> but right. but um that's how we became we became friends from there, okay. you know, and we were from in the same neighborhood you know okay, so it made it really easy you know um and he hung out with people that I was really cool with so we became good friends from from then on, you know, and we DJ'd clubs, our and and, and neighborhood parties, and mm-hmm. you know we were you know we were in a constant battle between a group called Music Mind that was in our neighborhood, you know, okay. um, and it, it was us versus them. It was a big like you know a big deal. So my love for hip hop didn't necessarily come from one particular song, mm-hmm. you know, because I was know, I guess I could say because I was. Prior to that kind of energy, you right. know, I was always, in, you know, from the in, in sessions of hip hop, I was I was there. So my love for hip hop came from, you know, just being part of it as it grew, you know. Um, listening to King Tim the Third's first song was, was, was amazing to me because I was like, wow, they're actually putting this music on record. So, right. but, it, but that song in itself didn't make me fall in love with, with hip hop. I was already in love with hip hop music, oh. you know, okay. before so you the term, before they even have a terminology called hip hop music, I was in love with it, you know? So you,
2: you said you're a DJ by trade. So what, what kind of, what artists did you work with in your earlier years?
1: Um, as, as a DJ?
2: Yes.
1: Oh, well oh, I, I, we, like I said, me and Dre used to do clubs, um, okay. I DJ with him on your own know, TV raps. I DJ the show called Lip Service, which won an award on MTV. Um, I DJ. Um, um, also went on tour with um, you know, and their name escapes me, which is terrible. I, I should be ashamed of myself. But the, the group that did okay. Maria Maria, the okay. group that did Maria Maria, with Carlos right. Santana. I yes. DJ with them. You know. Okay. Okay. Um, so you know they're from Long Island as well. They're from Hempstead you know? Okay. So, um, yeah, so I, I've, you know, I've DJed for quite some time and, and, and basically we did a lot of clubs in New York city, you know, nice. myself and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Okay,
3: And
0: you, and you mentioned Dr. Dre. I also want to find out, uh, when did you first meet? Uh, cause I know Dr. Dre is a childhood friend, but mm-hmm. what about Ed Lover, Todd one and Fab five Freddie? Um, uh, when did those relationships become a reality?
1: Well, um, let's take one at a time. Well, okay. Fab, Fab, or well, Ed first. Let's talk about my my man Ed Lover. I met Ed okay. um during um during the Dre's audition for You on TV Raps. I met him then. You know, he okay. was some tall, skinny kid. Dre was like looking at this guy, like this guy's gonna be on the show. I thought it was just gonna be me. And then <laughs> Ed came, you know, Ed came <laughs> and you know introduced himself. He was he was really cool, you know, mm-hmm. um, um, and um. He's always been cool with me, you know, I mean, I really close, you know, so I um, mean, he had this this Gumby with the with the blonde front, you know, oh, yeah, you ever watch early years, you see. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember.
3: Days. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, I vibe with Eric, you know, as you know, a funny guy, he's very charismatic, you know, he's he's smart at what he does. Um, he used to
2: come and visit Florida a lot. I remember seeing him in Florida at clubs all the mm-hmm. time.
1: Yeah, because he does. He hosts a lot of things. He does a lot of stuff now in Atlanta, in Atlanta and Chicago.
3: Right.
1: So he's 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 doing really well, man. You know, a salute to Ed. You know, um. So we we and him really hit it off. You know, you would think that you know when you know childhood friends, right? So we we you know me and Dre have been on tour. You know, we actually you know our first tour with Original Concept, we went out on tour with, um, with we took Queen Latifah and DJ Mark the Forty Five King out on that their first dope. tour. Oh, that yeah, first tour. Latifah had to be all of sixteen at the time, you know. Yeah, there yeah, That was, was our first tour. It was it was crazy. Latifah's she's really she's official, man. You know, so all yeah. the success she's having, she deserves it. You know, because we knew then that she was going to be somebody. Because her mind was different, you know. She was mm-hmm. different about the music and everything else. So, but um, but yeah. So <laughs> what was crazy is that you know me and Ed were going on the road. And, you know, we would, me and Ed would hang out more times than not. It, it wouldn't be me and Dre. You would figure me and Dre would hang out, right? Because we were childhood yeah. friends. Not that we didn't want to hang out, but me and Ed vibed so crazy that we always were in the clubs. We always hung out together. You know, that's how it goes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Todd, Todd came on as a production assistant for UMTV Raps after um, we had been there for a while. RIP to my man, Todd One. I miss him yeah. dearly. What's yeah. um, buddy. Yeah, no question. He's Todd was a good brother, man. You know, mm-hmm. even when Yo was over, man, me and Todd stayed in touch. You know, and we became very close. You know, mm-hmm. so um, and uh, Fat Five Freddy, we I met Fab um, on the set of Yo when we started. Uh, I think we were at National. Okay. Uh, I think that w- one of our first places that we um, started taping. Um, okay. But we, you know, but we all we all knew about Fab before we even did Yo because Fab is a rap icon. You know, yes, he um, is. with wild style and everything else. I mean, yeah, he's part no, of the no. original. He's part of the original clan of people. You know, yeah. um, graffiti art and everything else. Mm. Blondie, you yeah. can go on for days. So fabulous. yeah, yeah. Much respect That's to right. him. You know, absolutely yeah, respect. Mm-hmm. How
2: did the idea for your MTV Raps came? How did you guys get that idea?
1: Well, we didn't come up with the idea actually. Um, the original UMT Raps was not filmed here. It was filmed in Europe. It, oh, okay. it, it it premiered in Europe first um okay it totally uh, uh, and people think that we came up with the name and we we started it no it, it actually premiered in Europe first um I didn't know and that. yeah and most people don't and um Ted Demi and Peter Doherty were, were bringing it here that's why they needed needed a host to do it here in America you know and that's where Ed and Dre came in okay
2: okay mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
2: how did you guys what? The artists. I'm sorry. How did you guys pick the artists? Like, how did you guys, well, like, plan out which artists were going to come on the show or guests? Well,
1: well, that's a very good question, and a lot of people don't know that myself, Ed and Dre used to actually program your MTV raps, mm-hmm. which was a, a huge responsibility for you know such young guys. Um, and it's, it basically is because we knew the music. I mean, it helped us a lot you know, our knowledge of what was current, what was coming out, you know, what needed, what the people wanted to really hear. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like the the F the Police by the NWA, we programmed that, we programmed Express Yourself, all that new West Coast stuff the NWA was doing, all the stuff from here in New York. We would literally, every week, um, they would give us um, a a paper to fill out Mm -hmm. as to what videos and songs we wanted to include in the show and we would actually program until so somebody at mtv realized how much power we were carrying and took it away For real? <laughs> you know, no real. seriously i mean that really happened you know um they said oh you know the, those those brothers they can't they can't program the show they, they didn't control too much money you know no we can't that's, have that oh god give me give me that you don't need to do that we'll do that you know <laughs> like, that's that, yeah that's, that's when things that started happening
2: yeah, that's yeah. when things
1: started happening. You know, like we, when they, you know, when acquisitions start throwing—I mean, that's a whole another story. Acquisitions started taking in videos that mm-hmm. they didn't think were good enough for yo, and they would throw them in a box in a corner. Mm-hmm. You know,
4: when T Money? Yeah, when yeah. did that start to happen roughly? When did that start to happen in the whole, you know, seven year span?
1: Um, I'd be remiss if I told you exactly because I, I don't really know. Um. But I know around the time that Endeavor came out is when all the scrutiny started. That's when a lot of the scrutiny started. You know where they were throwing, telling people to do their videos over. You know, cutting this out your video. Acquisitions started getting very restrictive as to what they were going to play and what they weren't going to play. You know, during that time, a cop killer. You know, after police X, Y, and Z. It got heavy around that time. Mm. You know. You know. And we were like, you got to play this stuff. This is groundbreaking stuff. You've got was. to play it. They weren't trying to hear that. They weren't know? trying to hear it back
2: then, huh? Yeah, but
1: they eventually, but they eventually this, had to play it. You know, they had no choice, you know.
4: So just to just to piggyback on that, I'm sorry to jump in, but what, what do you feel about cancel culture nowadays? Because that sounds like when censorship started and the parental advisory, we have cancel culture now, which it sounds a little bit like that.
3: How, how do you think that fits with this
1: part of it well, well, well it's, it's re, it it resembles it a lot you know and and keep in mind that cancer culture is it's not it's not foreign to anyone especially people of color you understand no, so, so, so so just just know that um what you're saying is 100% correct you understand and it's kind of like um symbolic of what happens all the time when when we get a lot of power you understand there's always somebody trying to chip away at our foundation yeah, in some yeah. way, shape, form or fashion, you know, that's so th- that we need to be cognizant of, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What what gets just to go back to the MTV days, the heydays, more or less, um, what gets the episode is the most memorable to you? or Would you consider And It might be hard to do. Consider the best of all the episodes that you had during your tenure.
1: No, it's easy. Okay. Our, our final episode was the best one we ever did. Okay. I mean, we had so many people that we interviewed over the years. I mean, we're talking um, Jada Pinkett Smith, we're talking Mike Tyson, we're talking all the rap artists, we're talking about the notorious B.I.G., the Tupac episode, you know, where he was going off on, on the brothers for, you know, for the movie, you know, mm-hmm. and Ed had, Ed, 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 Ed had to put his hand over. Tupac. <laughs> yeah, I remember that episode. Yeah. So, um, but the last episode was unbelievable. I mean, we had a plethora of rap artists at the time that were big that showed up. And we were talking about MC Hammer, Salt and Pepper, EPMD, KRS One, Um Prince Marky e. D, God Rest His Soul, Um, mm-hmm. Special Ed, Method Man, Red Man. Um it, it was it was just really just to you know, to say farewell to our show and how, you know, and, and pay tribute to how great our show was at the time. That, that show was, I mean, and you could if you look at it, look it up online rather, mm-hmm. and you can see how every, everybody did freestyles. And I think one of the greatest moments of that day was, um, I believe, I'm not too sure who, I think it might've been Dre who passed the microphone to KRS mm-hmm. and, and KRS was like, no, and he, and he and he bowed to Rakim and passed the mic to him the round first. That's dope. Um, that, was, that was really cool. You know, yeah. how
2: did you and, feel about that? That last episode? Like what was going through
1: your mind? Oh, so melancholy. Yeah. What the hell am I doing now? That's what, <laughs> that's, the, that's the first thing that went through my mind. Like what the yeah, hell sure. am I going to do now? You know, but, um, that was melancholy. I mean, it was kind of bitter and sweet, you know? Um, so it, it just was, um, it, it, was, a, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment in time. You know, I embraced it. Um, you know, there's so many people that actually shared um shared that with us and um that's something I'll never forget.
2: Okay. All right. I'm sure I, I'm I'm pretty sure it must have been a little bit like uh heartbreaking, you know what I mean? Because
1: Well, it, not really, because I'm gonna tell you, God, I'm gonna tell you what time it is. It wasn't really heartbreaking because it didn't come by surprise. Okay. Six six months ago, and I told Ed this not too long ago, I still have the letter. Um MTV sent us a letter and said our show was going to be canceled six months prior to that. Okay, so we knew that you know this was it, right? It wasn't it wasn't shocking to us, you know. Do you know why they're going to
2: cancel
1: it in six months? Well, yeah, I mean, we've always speculated, but what had happened months before MTV's brass changed hands; they were doing changes. Still to this day, I'm befuddled as to how they're going to. Cancel that number one show. Right. But you know, but but honestly, uh, historically, I don't believe MTV was really interested in keeping us around. They had no choice at some point because we, you know, I I mean, they put us on twice a day. You know, and they did that because they thought that we we would be saturated. We would saturate the market. You know, people would get tired of watching us. When in essence, the total opposite happened you know <laughs> you know we, our, our ratings went through the roof at the time you know right. and um it, i just think there was always some sort of um backdoor sabotage in play for our show so whenever they got the opportunity they would pull the plug they were waiting and for that's what, yeah and that's what they did so um but you know no no hard feelings you know i mean you know those years were great and um you know i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for anything in the world some of the best times of my life you know
2: so you what? said that you 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 had it ended abruptly but what 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 was your next move right after what were you what was the next day like
1: well the next day was just me you know um trying to do some music industry stuff and i eventually decided that i would go back to school right um and finish my bachelor's degree which i did and then i went to um uh, NYU to get my um my degree in marketing from there um and then i worked for a company Called Prasad Brothers, which was at the time one of the um, biggest black-owned marketing companies in, in New York City. Erwin um, Prasad, Michael Prasad, um, um, and um, you know they, they they did great events. They used to do parties here in New York City. They were um, they were sponsored by Tangare. If you hear the noise, there's somebody coming into my house right now. So Are you good? You good? Yeah, okay, all right. But um, they, they they were sponsored by Tangare. And so, I mean, the parties that they did were unbelievable. I mean, and they catered at the time. They catered to, you know, athletes, politicians, you know, and you know, we did huge marketing events with with Timberland, with um, Reebok, with um, um, who else did we? Or Pepsi. Uh, and I I learned the the business of marketing from them. You know, how to use corporate dollars to you know to fund your dreams and. Right. And then in 2012, I opened my own um, marketing and promotional company called T450 Style and Launch.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. real yeah,
0: dope. Yeah, real, yeah, definitely dope. I just want to kind of go back to MTB, your MTB raps again, because I will admit as a fan, I was heartbroken when the show ended. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for the contribution you made to hip hop. And oh, thank you. Yeah, and I and I just want to you know go on that, but also I want to just explore um, your experience with them, Jam as well because you was there at the beginning and based on from what you're telling me because you worked exclusively with R- Ruben, you also yes. was there with Beastie Boys when they were on the label as well as others. I, I also yeah. believe you mentioned Run Dem C. What was it like? Mm-hmm. What was it like being with um Def Jam in those early stages? Just want you to Def elaborate. Jam,
1: mm-hmm. Def Jam back then was really, really cool. I mean, to be honest with you, I wish you know you ever heard that expression? You wish you would you would know what you know now and be oh, able yeah. to apply it when you were younger. Absolutely. You know, honestly, it was it was like really. I'm not gonna say it was a blur because I don't want to make it seem as if I don't remember half of it, but it was just so surreal. You know, at the time, Def Jam was starting as a label. Man, um, the early stages. I mean, we, me and Dre used to go see Rick Rubin in his college dorm.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I mean, and we're talking about, you know, NYU. You know, he got the pull-out couch. You know, he got he got uh, tapes, demo tapes, all over the floor. You understand? So mm-hmm. it it was just like, okay, now, you know, this is what my parents said I shouldn't be doing, but, you know. I see Russell Simmons going to work with, with sneakers on and, you know, <laughs> he I never see him dressed up, you know, mm-hmm. never once, you know. So maybe I'm doing the right thing. So I followed my dreams in relation to that. And me and Dre would go up to Rush, we were, you know. I mean, I'm talking when Rush first started, when they only had one room with a, with a desk. Heidi would be on one side of the room and Russell would be on the other. This is before Leo Cohen. This is before all that. You know, I'm talking about like way down on when they were on Elizabeth Street, right in right in New York City. You know, and they only had one office room. Mm. It was crazy. You know, mm. but the experiences were great. The people that we met at Def Jam was great. I remember meeting LL when LL was young, man. Yeah, he was you young. Yeah, he was very young. I remember. You know, yeah, he was really young. And um, we worked with Run DMC. You know, actually myself, Dr. Dre, and a rapper G did a song for Run DMC called Proud To Be Black, actually. Yeah, um, dope track. Yeah, yeah, so we, um, you know, how we learned how to do production through a guy by the name of Steve Et. There's so many stories behind that, you know? I mean, yeah. Def Jam was, and then, and then, you know, Dre DJ for the Beasties, you know? um, And I wrote them one night, you know, one day when we were overseas. That was, <laughs> that was like the longest night of my life, man, trust me, <laughs> but, but yeah. um, it, it, was, um, it was worth the experience. It was something else.
0: All right. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, wait, hold on. Can you guys hear me okay? I'll...
0: Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. We can okay. hear you.
2: Okay. All right, um, real quick, let me ask you a question. What advice would you give to an artist or somebody that's trying to follow in your footsteps? What kind of advice would you give them in this industry, especially in this day, day and time?
1: It would all depend on what the artist was actually trying to do if the artist was trying to just be an artist um, or if the artist was trying to be a business and, and expand, if the artist was trying to do film and television, if the artist was just trying to actually, um, you know, just manage people or there's, there's so many facets, but what I would tell anybody that was interested in getting involved in the business itself is that it's gonna be a lot of tough times even today, some of the business that I do today, you know, I'm I'm befuddled by you know the inconsistency. I'm I'm baffled by the people who aren't genuine, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I I work I work very diligently, you know. And sometimes it gets extremely frustrating. And they have to understand that sometimes you're going to have a hard road. It's not going to be simple, you know. But the opportunities you have today. Right, the opportunities you have today to make it are nowhere are, are unbelievable. You have tons of opportunity. You have social media. You have you know so many people who are doing this today as a job, as a serious means of income. When myself and a lot of other guys back back in the day started doing this, I mean, keep in mind that there was no viable means of making a living unless you. Unless you DJ or unless you had a hit record, you know,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and it it was very difficult to be successful. So you had to work really hard over a long period of time to get a crumb. Now, if you made a record in your house on some on some equipment that that you know you were fortunate enough to purchase, you could put it online and you could have a hit record tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You yeah. understand? So there's. No there's a huge difference. So mm-hmm. you, you have to be business-minded. You have to learn, you know, you have to learn the business. Keep in mind, this is the music business. Mm-hmm. Business is much bigger than music, you know? Don't, right. fall, don't fall in love with the things that you create either, you know? Because as an artist, you can always create more. As the right. West Coast, oh, we As yeah. the West Coast Dr. Dre, he told, he told Suge, yo, you can keep all that. I'll make more music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... You as the artist, just, just keep focus, focus, you know, and then and, and don't even use that terminology as, you know, as it's so generic as everybody uses it today. Just, I mean, I'm being honest, just focus on your craft, right. focus on being diligent, don't be discouraged about anything, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and remain, remain humble and remain, you know, and, and be focused on trying to take yourself to the next level.
2: Focus on yourself. Focus on your own craft, and just right. you know, stick to your own path.
1: Right, so right. Keep, you know,
2: keep yourself yeah, different. So yeah, that yeah, makes a lot of sense. Right. I like and that. keep
1: yourself. Yeah, no question. Keep yourself different. Remember, we just had that mm-hmm. conversation a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, um, don't copycat. And, you know, a lot of young artists get into that copycatting because they don't,
3: mm-hmm.
1: they don't know. You know, they don't have the knowledge. To, you know, they, they're not as and I'm and I'm not and I'm not knocking any young artists because I, I happen to I have an affinity for young talent. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's raw. It's you know, it's it's not processed. It's you know, it's and a lot of times it's 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 really good. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's just not nourished by um, the powers that be a lot of times. But but there, a lot of times they get their influences from somebody they just copy. Man. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you can't do that. You know, you got to be yourself. That's true. It's formulate your own identity.
0: And I got a question to ask you, too, because I know in hip hop, there always seems to be an expiration date for people to do music, like an MC or anything like that. Like you're you reach this age, you're too old to rap or anything like that. Or like when you deal with rock and roll. Blues and other type of music. You don't hear anything about you being too old to do anything, but it seems to be a constant thought process in the hip hop community. I, w- I just want you to kind of speak to that because you you've been at the beginning. You've, you're in the management arena. You've been in the marketing arena. So you kind of you can give us a different perspective that we haven't heard before. I just want you to kind of speak to that as far as that concept is concerned.
1: Well, I want I want you to understand. Well, there's a couple of things you got to understand. Okay. As 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 a 50-year-old rapper,
3: mm-hmm.
1: it'll be extremely hard for you to make it
3: mm-hmm. if,
1: you're, if you've never had a song before. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be almost impossible. You have, there's no marketplace for you as a new artist. It's just too many, you'll run into too many obstacles. But mm-hmm. if you're an established artist, mm-hmm. say for instance, you're a, you are a Big Daddy Kane, you are a KRS-One, you are a Stetson Sonic, you are a mm-hmm. Moni Love, you are, you know, you are an established artist with hit records, you know, in your catalog. You should be supported by your own people. Mm-hmm. Understand this, right? Mm-hmm. Run DMC, Public Enemy, all these people you grew up with—you didn't grow up and and forget about them. You grew up to them. Mm-hmm. So now their music is whack to you because you you're 55 years old. Mm -hmm. No, it should be embraced. Exactly. You know, and keep in mind something which which, which irks me the most about this whole scenario. I'm glad you mentioned this, is that artists like that always have new songs Mm -hmm. and and you never hear them. Why is that? Why is that? Red Red Man comes out with a song a week. And his shit. Excuse my fancy. I don't know if I can. No, you good. good, You could know. <laughs> you're good. But his shit is fire. Yeah, no and, doubt. And, and you don't hear that on on com- on commercial radio. They don't play it. They won't play it. It's not generating them enough money. You understand? Mm-hmm. So the only people that they can turn to are other industry professionals that are in position to be able to play this music. You know, to get them spins you Know in some way, shape, form, fashion, whether it's television, whether it's radio, you understand. So they should be supported. You know, you're not, you're never too old. You should be listen to me, man. Public Enemy should be playing Vegas until they 70. I agree. I agree. Are you kidding <laughs> I me? I, I, that's the I, truth. Say- Word. Yes. I mean, that's what I said about Run DMC. You know, yes, uh, me too. Before Jamassa J passed away, God bless his dead. Yes, but I. I said Run DMC should be playing Vegas like fucking uh, Olivia Newton-John or, you know, all yeah. these other fucking people. Tom right. Jones plays Vegas still. How old is fucking Tom Jones? My mother yeah. used to listen to Tom Jones. Yeah, he
0: could barely get on the stage,
1: but he still doing Right. It, so, yeah. By wheelchair. He'll fucking yeah. wheel him on a wheelchair Roll he'll there. get up. <laughs>
3: yeah. What's
1: new? Pussycat, he'll still do that yeah. shit. So I mean. Why can't Public Enemy do their songs? Mm-hmm. Fight the Power is still relevant it's only exactly. not relevant because because at a certain age group we're not supporting it the same way that's we true. we did we did an event you know And i'm sorry for the keep talking but look no let's keep get talking point We first.
0: want to share your thoughts. I, I,
1: I, yeah. thank you i want to get this point across we did we did a concert in 2018 myself Ed dre it was called the Your M T V tv experience we did it at the Barclays center in brooklyn there were um and the reason why I I have infinite knowledge of doing this comparison because I actually had a client that did something at Summer Jam the week after that, okay, um, or and it did it for Hot 97. It was just you know a whole week of of work that we had to do. So mm-hmm. actually I had two I had two clients. I had a client that actually did a lot of the banner work that was around um around the arena out of Summer Jam, which is another story in itself. But mm-hmm. the reason why I'm, I'm making this comparison is because this, the Barclays Center was, was full. I think it was 17.5 was the total count at the Barclays Center, give or take. 17,500. No incidents, no beef, no. Mm-hmm. 17,500. And, and, and I'm almost certain the demographic was 35, 30 and, and, and better. Right? Yes. Summer Jam's crowd dwarfed that by more than double. It's because they go out and they buy tickets and they support and the radio plays it. Mm -hmm. If you still have the same network of of promotion, right, Mm -hmm. of direct promotion to that particular demographic, Mm -hmm. the Barclays would have been packed for two or three days. Hmm. You know, keep yeah. in mind we had 17,500 and we only did 2 days of national promotion. Wow, that's crazy. 2 wow. days. That's crazy. You know, we, I mean, only 2 days. So if, you know, I you know how Summer Jam promotes for months in advance, can you imagine if we did that for months in advance, it would have been uh, we would have had to do another show. Yeah, that's just bananas like, though. That's just like bananas. the comedians, just like the comedians do. Oh, you know, he you know, Martin Lawrence did Radio City for 3 nights. It would have been the same thing hmm You know, so, so my point is, we we just need to support these artists, man, because they make great music, man. I watched Versus the other. I mean, if Versus yeah, the other night didn't inspire you with KRS-One and Big Daddy Kane, then you don't have a pulse. You just don't have a thinking? pulse. Who
2: are you picking? Who are you choosing?
1: I couldn't choose either one of them. You know, they're both.
2: But but you know, but who are you? Who did you think was gonna win before it started?
1: That's the same question. You try to lead me to. That. <laughs> we we want the answer.
2: We I want to head head for the, Oh, she
1: she take his She trying, she's trying, she's uh, slick. She's trying to get me. came
2: ones.
3: first,
4: the chicken or the egg? The chicken or the egg? <laughs> yeah, well,
1: well, listen. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't say. Yes, I, can. I, I have an affinity. Listen, I have an affinity for Big Daddy Kane. Team
4: Money, you giving us the and political K- answer right now? You giving us the correct
1: answer? Because I didn't. Li- I didn't really honestly. I didn't know who was gonna who was gonna win. I know KRS One is a problem. Live. Yeah, he's a problem. I problem. Know he's a serious. Yeah I have infinite, I have, I have, I have knowledge of that. Just right. know that my, um, I told, I told Chris, I said, Chris, me, we're, we're actually, um, you know, we're actually, um, part of history, you and I together. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he was like, what do you mean? He said, because if you, if you remember during the verses, if you watched them, he said, you know, ask PM Dawn because, mm-hmm. yeah, because he did. KRS, KRS one." through Karis and the BDP Posse, through PM Dawn and the whole crew off the stage. Yeah. Yeah, whose
3: indeed. party?
1: Whose party do you think that was? That was my oh. birthday party. Oh, that was really? my birthday party. Yeah. That was yeah. your birthday party? Yeah, that was my birthday party. I was standing on stage, PM Dawn went <laughs> flying in the crowd. It looked like the Red Sea parted. Oh shit. And, they, and then they <laughs> dropped I'm still number 1. It was crazy. That night was psycho crazy. Yeah, I bet it was Too sick money. I you mean don't that want was that was history. You know, I know that's what
0: Ed,
1: for this. That's what Ed said. What Ed yeah, yeah,
0: yeah you the blame. We gonna put the blame Yo, on you. Yo, that's hilarious. That I never knew what the issue was. I
4: didn't know it was your. That's oh, that, dope. Whole, so you heard it no. here first. T Money set the whole joint up.
1: No, I just said that. Right. Don't put that blame on me, they brother. <laughs> but but KRS did what he had to do because that was hip hop. Because P.M. Dawn got yeah. got rested yeah. that on top of that. Yeah, he, that's um, true. he um he um. Was talking. Just, I mean, back yeah, he, then, talking about, about Chris. You got to get it. Yeah, he, yeah. You got to get Teacher, it. Teacher what you... of what? What are you talking about? Teacher of yeah. what? Yeah. He, you know, and when I, when I saw him, I saw Chris and them there, man. They were on yeah. stage in the side. Chris had a hoodie on. I was like, oh, looks like it's going to be some kind of beef. But at <laughs> the time, I, I didn't put two and two together until Money, Let stage. me.
4: Can I ask one magic <laughs> question with this? T money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Since,
4: since you allegedly had nothing to do with this, who invited yeah. PM Dawn? to the party. Oh, well, I well <laughs>
1: I don't mind you. Phil Don he was actually performing. PM Don was performing. You see you,
4: see where, you, do see, do what you see where I'm going, see where I'm going, T Money?
1: Nah man. <laughs> I didn't fuck that gangster shit, man. I didn't do that. That was that was all on Chris, but I ain't mad yeah. because that's that's hip hop. That's yeah, how it goes around, right. bro. You right. want to you, you know, yeah. you, you, you poke the bear, dog? That's what happens. Don't poke the bear. And KRS back then was the fucking bear. You already yeah. know. Oh, yeah. T yeah.
4: money, I, if I, you I, invite I, me to a party, I'm not coming. Okay.
1: Just, just <laughs> so that. Well, <laughs> don't don't say nothing about KRS. We don't, have, we don't yeah. have no beef, man. We good. You can come to the party. No worries. You know? Don't but that, poke that the whole bear. That, that whole evening was so it, he went flying. It looked like you were. Watch a movie when you see something and somebody goes Ooh, like he was slow. To yeah, me, yeah. I look at that shit slow right now to this day in my mind. It went slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> he went flying the girls that were with him all them they off yeah, the stage, funny. right? <laughs> and then when he told Kenny Parker, drop that shit, then he played dun, then, then, jump, 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 the whole place the place was shaking mm. Cause everybody in there was jumping in the air. Damn. Then he said, then he says, T Money is down with us. I figured now now i am a I'm a co-conspirator now, because you said. T yeah, money.
4: definitely,
1: <laughs> definitely. And then he said, then he said, Kid Capri is down, because Kid Capri was standing there too. It was just that night was that right there was it. If and you know what's so funny? It's on video Irish, too. No, that, that, who has it on video? I need
4: I it. I've I, oh. I seen a piece of Kara's beating him on video, hitting him over the head. I've seen that. So, anyway, you know what? Let me see. I'm, done. I'm, I'm done gonna done
1: tell too. you, I'm gonna tell you because MTV left. They were filming it, they were filming the party. Oh, early so on what I, the party, that's what
4: I'm saying. This, no, but early video on,
1: no, but he was, they weren't there then because they left. Ah, MTV left early. Because you know a lot of people didn't show early on, but then they started coming in late, and it was packed later on, and they were already gone. If anyway. they would have got that on film, everybody would already know about that. So
4: anyway, this is yeah. all allegedly, folks. Allegedly, none of this is factual.
1: <laughs> no, well, this is factual. They got thrown on the stage. What's alleged is that I had something to do with it. That's alleged. Yeah, that's, that's the part that's alleged. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. We got
0: you. We got you, back, too, Money, you good? Okay, that's,
1: that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, bro. We got
0: you. Appreciate Probably you. impact. Got you tonight. You know what I mean? No, no doubt. No doubt.
2: Uh, uh, let me. All right. So let me ask you, who was um who created the mailman skit on your MTV <laughs> raps? Who who came wow. up with that idea?
1: Well, Ted Demi, and you know it was um co-created by Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. That was very really simple. You know what's so funny? Like. I was on the set the whole time, you know, Andre were doing the show. Yeah. I was always there because that was the nature of my relationship with Dre. We would always leave from Long Island to go to the city. Whether we were going to record pools or we were going to different clubs, we would always be in the city doing something. So by by nature it was just you know, okay. Um we just came off a tour with Latifa.
2: Right.
1: And um me and Dre started going to the city because he had to do Yo. So for the first few months, I'm in the car with him. I'm, I'm there. And then what happened was Yo started getting a lot of fan mail. So, um, and at the time, well, actually just before that, I was working at at Federal Express. I used to work at Federal Express when I went to school, you know? Okay. And I, I used to sometimes, you know, and um, Dre would go around telling people that. they like, why are you telling people I used to work at FedEx? <laughs> he used to tell people i used to go to i go to college and i do film mm-hmm. he used to, Dre was you know what he was my promoter so he used to go around telling people so i didn't say anything so when the when um when the mail got too much because you know they didn't know what to do with it so ted suggested the late great ted demi got rest his soul that we start reading some of the mail on 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 camera so that's what happened. And then they asked me to do this character called the Mailman, which opened the door to all the other characters I used to do. Oh you know? my goodness. Me at me and Ed did a few. Okay. And and you know, I uh, then Ed started doing the Ed Lover dance, you know, which took on a life of his own. And I I created the Ed Lover dance too, you know.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Oh no question. Ed'll tell you that. And I and then he didn't want to do it, but one time I said, You gotta do that every week. You know, which made it which made it huge, you know?
0: It did, it did.
1: Until, the, until this day, people ask him in the street, can you do the Ed Lover dance? They ask yeah. him that. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't
0: mind saying it again. I mean, it was a staple of the uh, of the show, so no doubt. Mm-hmm.
1: No yep. doubt. With, with the Mark the 45 King beat. Yeah, you know, that
0: beat that beat was crazy. It was bananas when it came out. Yeah. yeah. Just added, yeah. Just, you know, it was in a whole another strat- stratosphere. But yeah, I do want to ask you a question about um, Tupac. Um, how was it acting with Tupac and Juice and did you think it would be and did you think he'll become who he was?
1: Well, a couple of things. I didn't interact I didn't interact with Tupac. Okay. Um during the movie Juice I was just um I was just a um you know extra in the movie. So I didn't okay. I didn't interact with him at that point. But um okay. when him and Ed became close, you know, I you know, I got to to know him. And that guy, Tupac, man, God bless his life, bro. That I I feel, you know, in a way as it relates to him, I I really wish he would have never been murdered. You know, I would have loved to have seen, you know, what he, what he would have become as a, you know, as an older person, you know, mm-hmm. and how he could have contributed to not just the hip hop culture, man, to, um, you know, the life of people of color, period. I mean, Tupac That's was it. A smart. He was extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. He was driven, you know, um, you know he was he was really special, you know, as a person. You know, so um, looking past all um, what everybody, you know, his persona, you know, um, as being the thug and all this other stuff. But yeah, but but as a but as an intelligent black man, that dude, mm-hmm. you know, you know, to quote another, the late great Humpty Hump, you know, Tupac had a plan A, B, C, and D. He and then, did. That dude, was, that dude was ill. He was ill. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. You know. No doubt. He was ahead of his time. Oh no question. He was. He was. He was special. You know. He yeah. shouldn't have. He shouldn't have died in that way, man. It was terrible how he was gunned down. You know. But um, yeah, oh, I wish he was he's there.
2: He's gonna. That, that's too. a legend right there for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you something. CVJ. He became uh, infamous from love and hip hop. Is mm-hmm. he anything like his um his television <laughs> persona?
1: Um. No, not not as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying is there that some ooh, acting my in
2: there or is he like is that is that him? Is that No, no, no. That, no. He's
1: that's, that, so. that that's, sle- that's Sleazy J. That's not Stevie <laughs> J. Oh, Sleazy. Okay. Sleazy. We know the new name. Yeah, we know sleazy the real Jay. name. Sleazy J, man. That's not Stevie. Sleazy right. is a totally different person, man, you know. Uh, but that's 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 my family right there, the Jordans. I love them all. Um yeah, I, I we were we were hanging out, man. I, I did a lot of work with Steve as a, as a DJ on a lot of the music that he worked on at that time. So, and I got really close with his family, but Steve is a good dude, man. You know, he's always, you know, let me tell you something. Um, And to keep it um, tra- totally transparent, you know, there was a time in my life where, you know, my money wasn't, wasn't right, you understand? And, you know, his brother, Michael, you know, and yes, his name is Michael Jordan, that's his brother. His older okay. brother um put me on, put me on to Steve, and Steve, you know, Steve looked out for a brother. You know what I mean? When right. I needed, when I needed a hand, you know what I'm saying? That's so. a true, true friend. You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, he didn't loan me nothing. I earned my money. You know, because I, I don't take a handout. But, um, but he, you know, he put me on. With, he gave with you the produ- opportunity. He gave you right. opportunities. He put me on with his production team, okay. and you know, I and I did my thing. You know, I worked on right. joints with Heavy D, Mariah Carey, LL Cool J. I worked on joints, you know what I mean? So, um, and peace out to him, you know what I mean? So when I saw that he was doing Love and Hip Hop, you know, I talked to him, you know, I was like, yo, you doing your thing? You know, I was it, was, it was kind of role reversal. Now you're on Viacom and I used to be, you know what I mean? Right, so right. It, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of surreal, but, um, now no, Stevie, Stevie's, he's fun loving and he's off the hook. And he, he you know, a lot of stuff you see on Love and Hip Hop is not necessarily, I mean, that's goes for every freaking body on that show. You know, I mean, I know. you you do all. The, I mean, not just that show, but just you know, TV period. You know, you everybody want wants to be... Everybody it. wants the drama. Everybody wants the drama. That's why they do it. You know, yeah, so you drama sells.
2: Extra.
1: Right, drama yeah. sells. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? So it does.
2: It does. Yeah,
1: yeah. no doubt. What yeah, do you think def-
2: th- I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, you you're good.
2: Now I just want to know what do you what do you think about the new reboot of Rap City? What do you
1: think about you know, that? I I, I think is. I think it is, it's is um I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched any of it yet. I haven't watched Video Soul either because I know that's rebooted. All right. Um, but I haven't watched it yet. But uh, uh, the idea of it is is incredible, and it goes it goes a lot to supporting my theory of um you know all the stuff that was pioneerish mm-hmm. as far as music is concerned, like. Like your own T V raps or mm-hmm. Video Soul or you know, one oh even one oh six in Park or you right. know Rap City, you know, you know all of it's relevant today. You, you just have to look at it from a different perspective. You understand? You can't look at it from a a sixteen year old to a thirty year old perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean hip hop is only it's not I mean hip hop is the number one art form music wise in the entire world. That's crazy. You don't think you, you don't think you don't think that that, that in, that's not inclusive to people over 30 years old of course that, that's that's course. just that's bombastic to even think that you know but people mm-hmm. won't say that but that's that's the prevailing sentiment because people say well you're not relevant what the fuck are you talking to me about how exactly. am i relevant you're making no sense you know I'm not saying that they say that they, to me they don't, understand the, they they don't me. understand
2: the history though if you don't understand your history you're not going to realize what's
1: relevant right right goddess and, and peep this though it's because you know it's, it's because it's, a, it's an energy that oh you know i'm the man now this is the energy i'm the man now mm-hmm. fuck you old motherfuckers yeah You understand? Know so that's you know that and, and it's not their fault because it's kind of how this country treats people of age too that's you know? true you get to a certain age in this country, it's like, you know, you're disposable. Oh, you're going to die soon anyway type of shit. What the fuck? What are you talking about right now, you know? That's how people are, you know? so if Ageism you know, is
2: a big thing in hip-hop. I see that. It's a big, growing thing.
1: It, it, and it, and it, it shouldn't be, you know? No. If um Rolling Stones, all these rock groups can perform, and these guys, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they got one foot in the grave. You know, it's true. They old. They way older than Deep we. Deep in the are. grave. Deep in they're the grave. Way older <laughs> than us. And they yeah. and they tore. They tore for big money. And if and they listen to me, I'm talking guys in their sixties. Oh, um, Motley Cruz performing. They're back. I, I got to go see them. What? The, really? Yes, because yeah, right. they're serious about that. And they, you know, and, and they'll pack a stadium over that. You know, and what do we do? Oh, we oh we don't support. That's 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 self hate. You're not supporting your first of all. Hip hop music, hip hop culture is your shit. Mm -hmm. It's yours. You know, no disrespect to anybody of of Caucasian descent, but it's not white people's shit. It's your shit. Yeah. So you should go out and support it. You know. You know. Come on, man. You know, you don't have to just support. You know, the younger crowd. The younger crowd is fine. That'll be all right because they have the disposable income and nothing else to do but buy shit. You know. You know, if you got a job. You work a nine to five. You're raising kids. You know, you got a house with a mortgage. All this other shit. That's a totally different demo. You know, and but they still like to, you know, sit down on a on a Friday night, turn on their music and listen to, you know, reminisce about Salt and Pepper or, you know, Mm -hmm. Public Enemy or Run D M C or any of these groups. You know, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and and, you know that's that's a, a market that has to be tapped in and tapped into seriously. You know. I agree. I support it. You know,
0: do you think we might see a reboot of your MTV raps or some type of box set from the um your MTV rap days that we can have as a collector's item? Do you think that's in the near future?
3: Well,
1: I'm not, not going to speak on what um, <laughs> Viacom or MTV uh, mm-hmm. is going to be doing. Um, OK, but I know myself and Andrea are doing some things that I can't speak on. Okay. Uh, there the are NDAs in place that I really can't speak on, but okay. Um, you guys will know. Everybody, okay. will, actually, everybody will actually know pretty soon. I mean, that's. Part of my answer. A part of my something is coming now. in the
2: future. Something is coming in the future.
1: Well, well no question. No what
0: well, can what well, can I ask a favor in advance? When it is ready to be announced, would you come back on the show and announce it on Powerful Impact? Yes.
2: Can oh, I put course. that
0: out there? All right. Of I just course. want to make sure that of we go course. ahead and lock. I'm gonna lock it in now. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna of wait course. around. Let's lock this in right now. So, of course, okay, that is not a, cool. that is not a that is not okay. an issue. You know. All right. Great. Great.
1: Great. But you can't. But you can see. I'm gonna tell you what you can see, which will come out next year. Myself and that Lover are um, in a movie, co-starring in a movie called um, um, well, "What's the name of the movie?" G-Wiz? It's the movie is with Bruce Davison
3: okay. and Keith,
1: and Keith, Keith David. Um, okay. It's a horror movie that we, we, we are, <laughs> we're we're co-starring in. You know, okay, okay. Um, so, so you you might you might want to check that out. I'll, I'll keep you informed in regards to that as well. You know? Please do
0: that. Please. We'd love to have you. anything you have to announce about what you're doing, especially with your MTV raps, movies, and what's so happy, we'd be glad to have you on. Just want to put that out there now. Okay. Plant that that's not, now.
1: That's yeah. not a that's not a problem. I got you. All right. you know? All right. Dope. Um, well
2: how was everything how was things like on um uh lip service? You know, do you think Spinderella got a new de- good deal with salt and pepper?
1: Um Lift service was cool. I mean, I, I did it before her. I was the first DJ. Um, okay. Lift service was. It went well. I mean, it was a, it was a cute little game show. MTV doesn't usually do game shows. Yeah. But they invested a little money into this one, you know. Um. But it went it went really well. They won a cable Ace Award. Um, for the show. Oh. It went well. It went well. They don't give out a cable Ace Award anymore. But I think that's one of the last ones they gave out. But we won a cable Ace Award for the show.
2: All right, do you do you let me ask you something a little bit different though? Let's go to video music box. Um mm-hmm. you think that it helped influence your on TV raps?
1: <laughs> that is um that a trick question? Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh Ralph Ralph Mc, salute salute to my man Ralph period point blank. Let me tell you this. Word. Ralph, if Ralph Mc, Ralph McDaniels was offered the um the job to actually host your MTV Raps, before Ed and Dre were given the platform. Okay. Um, Ralph turned it down because MTV wanted to own all of Ralph's all of Ralph um, all all of his content. They wanted to take all his content. They wanted to own Ralph's content. And Ralph, as a businessman, said, "No, Video Music Box is my show, mm-hmm. my content. You know, so so no." And you um, got to give rough props for that.
2: True. OK.
0: Yeah, I just had a question. Like, what type of advice would you give the people, like, you know, like what we're doing, Powerful Impact podcast that want to do a show like your MTV Raps on a new social media platform? What kind of advice would you share or some light you want to share regarding that as far as um making an impact, a powerful impact, rather? on the culture
1: well you know what i have to do i have to plug in because we're talking a long time i didn't know okay no problem you know i mean but um but more importantly um if they were to do a show first of all um keep in mind i'm biased because i don't ever think there'll be another show like you know on tv reps no doubt no doubt. No. Nah, they won't be. No, that's no, fact. There'll never be a show like yours. I
2: like um, that energy. UMTV Raps had this energy. Yeah. You know? And I right. feel like a lot of these new shows, they 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 have some form of entertainment energy, but not like the authenticity that UMTV Raps had. It's, yeah. it's just a different. It
1: because different. It, the times, the times are different.
2: Yeah. You know? Different frequency.
1: The, the times are different, and it was just, it was just so much. It was just so much. I'm sorry. Excuse me, y'all. Don't don't worry about it. Because we mm-hmm. can't reach. Um. Yeah, the times are different. You know, we as a, as a collective. You know, and I, I got to include Fab in this. We as a collective were actually like the CNN of of, of hip hop at the time. There were there weren't too many platforms like your own TV raps that you can you can just wait till the evening or early morning and look and see you know who's coming out with a new video. You know what kind of social um, social norm was was changing. You know what was going on in the culture. Right. You know, your MTV raps did all that. It was like, you know, it, it was like your news for, forecast for what was going on in hip hop culture. You know, and I'm talking about from here to Japan. You know, England. You know.
2: Well, there was no social media the back then, so it was right. like all you had right. was. Whatever show was coming on at that time, you had to tune in. You had to make sure that you were tuning in at that time because people right. will watch it later. You know? Right.
1: That's why it was so imperative, you know, for people to watch, you know. Yeah. Um it, it, Before YMTV raps even existed, you know, all video programming was local, localized. You know, you, you had Danny Terrio. You had Video Music Box. You had, you know, you had, you know, had the box, you know. Um, it was all local programming until TV Raps hit the scene and T. Raps made it global, you know? Which generated billions of dollars too for the culture. You know, I did say billions, I didn't say millions. <laughs> billions of revenue for the culture, you know? Um, which I don't think um, myself, Ed, and Dre even get enough credit for, to be quite honest with you, you know? And you should. That's a, that's a whole nother conversation, you know?
0: you definitely should. And I'm gonna go back to uh, because most time when we people say, "What is your top five MCs?" I want to do something diff- different. Who would you say is your top five DJs? I believe I already know who one of them, or maybe two of them already. But I'm, I just want to give you an opportunity to say that
1: well, uh, top five. That's an interesting question. I love that question. You know, that's a question that most people would ever give my start to. You know. Um, my number one DJ, my number one DJ of all time is DJ Red Alert. Okay. DJ Red Alert is a Hall of Fame DJ. Mm-hmm. As, far as I'm concerned, he's 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 lasted decades and decades. He's he's transcended. Um, yes. He's, you know, you know, to use the term relevant, which I can't stand, but he's relevant to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's turned so many. He's he's the Spike Lee of of of, of hip hop radio. You know, uh-huh. he's the ice cube of hip hop radio. He's he's given careers to so many people. You know, he's the first one to play original concepts knowledge beam and pump that bass. And can mm-hmm. you feel that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, my my second greatest DJ of all time is his partner in crime Chuck Chillout. Mm-hmm. Chuck Chillout was a very good friend of mine. You know, I know him for many years. Happy birthday, Chuck, by the way. Um, happy born Day. Yeah, his birthday just passed. And uh, again, he's you know he's been around for for decades and decades man you know um um the number three d-day is um that i know of to this day is my man um funk master flex oh yeah say what, you, say what you want to about flex but he stays relevant he stays on his game yeah. you know oh, skill wa- cool. skill yeah. wise he's he's so official um and i have much respect for him man i remember he you know he used to come down to your tv raps for me while doing the show you know and yeah. um uh, last time I spoke to him and he was in great spirits he was a, he's a he's a he's a great businessman smart guy he come mm-hmm. and he came from the bottom too man you know Bronx kid came from the mm-hmm. bottom you know respect the flex yeah.
0: um
1: th- my third DJ analyst and, and I don't know if I'm even putting these in order but my third DJ on the list is the great Kid Capri oh
0: yeah
1: uh, yep. Kid Capri, uh, Capri is that guy um you know, to be honest with you, he's if and arguably, you know, people might say he's the greatest DJ of all time. Um, and um, the fifth DJ on that list is me. You know, because without me, you know, I gotta I gotta put my place in there someplace. You know, well, I expected <laughs> so, that. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I gotta say me, I gotta yeah. say me, you know, because you, you know, without me out. DJing, without me DJing, I would have never been here. You know, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, so that, that's it. All right. T-Money, Yo,
4: you see your pillow? I, you
0: see your yeah. pillow?
4: Look at Goddess's shirt. No, 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 behind, behind, you, behind you. you. Behind you. Yeah. Oh,
1: this one? Look, oh, yeah. Look at the
4: shirt. Yo, Goddess is wearing a shirt. Uh,
1: oh. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah good vibes. You, bye, in, the right, kid, you in the right
4: place, brother. You look look in the right that, place, brother. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, good vibes. Word. Word. I'm going to throw you off the stage now.
1: Boom. Boom! Mic drop. That's a mic drop moment.
2: <laughs> and that was not uh, planned. That was even yes, planned. No. Just frequency. Oh, right
1: there. Now, now the pillow won't stay. It won't stay <laughs> up now. It's, it's
4: <laughs> We probably should maybe later on some somewhere. Maybe I'm, I'm gonna shut up now. But maybe somewhere in the background, we should probably talk about them if you want to the platinum plaques and all of that good stuff. Yeah, we're we to
1: that. Oh, yeah, I got. I don't even know how many. I I lost count. That's only. That's, they're all over my my Damn. house. Okay. I got a, I got a so he bunch lost of them. Count. He
2: was like, right, I'm, yeah, I'm shutting up. I'm shutting yeah, up. I just figured,
1: MC Hammer's plaque was thirteen, um, diamonds one thing. Yeah, wow. thirteen Diamond. and in one. You know, That's dope. so I, I lost count. I got them all over the place. I got them at my mother's house. I got them here. Wow, is this for wow.
4: production or just you? Kind of, well production and also you you guys helping to boost the, the, well, the, the records and all that. Yeah, hey, because it,
1: them, you know, re- no, the the labels would give out. Um, like I have a Def Jam plaque that I actually broke, which I'm disgusted by. Um, It it had all the Def Jam artists in it. All the platform artists. It was huge. Um, So they would come, the promotional people would come to the set and give give us the plaques because remember, I told you we programmed the show. So we directly impact sales on these records. So, like I said, in regards to us helping generate millions and billions of dollars, mm-hmm. that's how we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I take, if you have a, if you have a single for, I don't know, for anyone, say Ice T, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you send it, the video into acquisitions. Acquisitions looks at it, you know, and they don't, they don't know what show they're gonna put it on we're putting it it as part of our programming. So they accept it and then they put it on our show, you know, so that, you know, that's like adding it to a radio station and getting spins. It's it's even more so because now it's a visual entity is, you know, it's visual. It's totally different. You know, than you just hearing the song. Well, since
0: we're talking about songs and we're enjoying the, Platinum plaques you got behind you. I wanted to ask you one of your songs, which I believe is a hip hop classic, which is "Pump That Pump That Bass." I mean, that's that's the one I really. If you can just talk about what was the thought behind it or how it became a reality, uh, just speak to that for a moment. I, uh, I I to be I'm
1: gonna be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked I worked on that song. Okay, um, but that but conceptually that was all Dre. Pump
3: mm-hmm. that bass.
1: Knowledge me, knowledge me was pretty much me. Okay. You know, but pump that bass was was conceived and and, and, and and put together solely by Dr. Dre.
0: Okay. Dr. Okay. Dre,
1: because when we when we were putting the song together, you know, I was actually confused as to what he was trying to accomplish until he started act, until it started taking shape, right? Okay. So that's when I I started contributing to it. Other than that, I was just like Dre, what are you doing right now? You know. Mm-hmm. But J- Dre was a, a, a genius in regards to that record. You know. Absolutely. Um, he took samples from from um, you know some of the group members and and put the song together. It was it was genius. You know. Mm-hmm. And we performed that song, believe it or not. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Legendary. Yeah. Legendary. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, when it's all said and done, right, what do you want people to to remember you for?
1: You thought about that question after the good vibes sweatshirt, right? That's what, that's what you thought about that question. absolutely, that's the perfect After the good vibes, after the good vibes combination, you thought about that question. I'm going
2: with the frequency, you know what I'm saying?
1: That that was a very, that's a very, I, 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 um, I, I, to be honest with you, when it's all said and done, I want, I want people to remember me as someone who contributed to the lives of of people of color and helped them um, attain their their goals and reach their potential that's what i that's what I want you know um, I want them to know that I was always here, I was a good dude, and I helped whoever needed help, you know.
2: You made and, things
1: uh, happen. Yeah, it doesn't cost shit to help somebody.
2: Nah.
1: You no, know? doesn't cost nothing to, to guide and direct a, a, a young mind that is confused. You know, that needs guidance, that needs help. You know, it doesn't cost you a thing. You know right. that, and that that person makes it. So what? You know, there's room at the top for everybody.
2: Where do you think? That, where do you think hip hop's
1: gonna go from here? Well, I, I can tell you where I think it should go. Okay. Well, hip hop. Hip hop as a culture should there's a couple of things that um, there's a couple of things that I think about as it relates to that one, I think hip hop as a whole should be able to function amongst itself
2: right
1: we don't you know we should be able to generate our own money it should be a self contained um, culture which generates its own money from different money streams and supports um the artistry and supports the artist in in so many ways. You know, um, um, there should be some sort of health plan, some sort of benefits package for for recording artists who are who are in their fifties or sixties. Flavor Flav is in his sixties. Does anybody actually real? Do you realize that real learn is, is is that old? These guys are in their fifties, sixties.
2: I know. You, you know what's? So, I don't even realize that. Because to me, they're just like I just still see them, you know, from the past. Like I don't think about them.
1: Right. The people that you think about because you because you fixate on what you know about them. You yes. know, but you don't think about their age, which is, which is a, in, in a sense good, but, you know, there's some of them. There's some artists who 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 die before their time because all they do is. I had a I had a friend of mine. This is what made me think about it. I mean, many years ago I had a friend of mine who um her name, I'm not gonna say her name, um, but she was a very good friend of mine. She was just a friend and she was a very good friend of mine. She she worked in this music industry. She worked in a management company where she and she was a straight New Yorker. She would go to every club. Every time I DJed in the city, she would be a first there, she would be dancing on the floor by herself if she had to. Right. She did management. She did. She, she ran around here like a chicken with her head cut off, trying to be successful, as some at some in some way, shape, or form, in this business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she worked for a few labels, and you know, she worked for the radio station, She worked. She always worked different places. She jumped from job to job, and they hired her because she was loyal. She was dependable. You know, she was ardent about what she did. So she took sick, Mm -hmm. right? She took sick. She had, um, she got cancer. Wow. And not a mother, not a motherfucker that hired her helped her during that time. Wow. Not one person, you know. And as her friend, I went to the hospital, um, you know, and it pains me to this day. I'll never forget. I went to the hospital and, You know, she was laying in the bed because, you know, she was, she had stage four cancer. She was, wow. she was terminal, you know, Mm -hmm. and she was telling me how much it hurt. And, and, and she was telling me how happy she was to see me and that she loved me. And she said, thank you. And she, she started crying and she's, and then, you know, what, what gripped me was, she said, why, why is no one else here?
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Why, Why are you the only one here? Why? Didn't they help me so that bothered me so I, I thought to myself i was like well maybe if she had the proper health care during her time she could have avoided passing away you understand uh, and a lot of and a lot of these artists who die prematurely they don't go to the doctor no they know nothing no. about the doctor they don't they you know they don't even have there's no health plan. You know, you 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 touring, you're going on the road. You know, you you're living this this lifestyle, but you're not stopping to think that maybe I need to get checked out once in a while.
2: But shouldn't mm-hmm. that be the responsibility of the manager or whoever's managing these artists? Like, shouldn't so, they be the ones putting the that...
1: Can, the manager can tell them that. You know, got to listen. They got to listen. listen. And then the yeah. manager don't don't write a check for them to go to the hospital or the doctor. No. They got to write their own check. Exactly. You know. It's health. It's health it's, it, you know how. And then keep in mind, unless <laughs> God that's that's a great concept for artists who are making a hundred thousand dollars a show. Mm-hmm. Let's think about artists who are, who are getting by with three thousand dollars a show. They can't afford healthcare. They they got to put food in their. Kids I mean, place. You
2: know, their health is 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 important to you know.
1: Their it's health is everything. The health is important. everything. That's right, goddess. The health is everything because without exactly. your health, you have nothing. So you have that nothing.
2: Should be the number one thing that that should be taken care of. That should be part of, you know, managing artists is like, look, we got to make sure that you're staying healthy. We got to, you know, there should be something in there. Some a lot of managers,
1: of a lot of managers don't even talk about healthcare. They don't we know. That they they have they all they all they're concerned about is their fifteen percent. Or that ten percent.
0: That's facts. That's that's facts.
1: They're not thinking about no healthcare for you because where they found you, they'll find the next artist. They don't care. You die, you know, God bless you. Let's move on. It sounds cold, but that's the way it is. You know, they're there to be your manager, not not your I guess not your parent or whoever Mm -hmm. else. You know. So they they may mention it, and I'm not gonna speak on everybody because I don't know everybody's circumstances. All I know is that I know there's a lot of artists that have died that I, and I know the grind of being an artist. I know what they go through. I know how they're always busy and they're up late at night and they they don't work out. They don't take care of themselves. They don't eat right. They don't do a lot of shit. And the you, and, and you, next thing you know, you're sick. Yeah, but you
2: it might be hard. I mean, don't you think it's a little hard to balance having to do these events and interviews and all this nah. stuff and- Stay healthy. Do you think that that's a balance that
1: can be achieved, or you no, think that's like that- that's a balance? That, that's a that's a very good question, guys. And so let mm-hmm. me tell you something. The answer to that is hell yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: because that's, you got to make that part of anything that you do as as it relates to your overall health. Not even if you're not a celebrity, you have to make it part of your daily routine. It's just part of your 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 life's goal. It's not about getting your body ready for the fucking summer. It's about getting your, your heart ready. For the rest of your days, you know, you work, you work out, and you eat right, and you and you go to your doctor. You know, some people are scared to go to the doctor, but they don't understand that going to the doctor is the best place to be. Exactly. If you find out something is wrong with you and you are able to go to the doctor, you're in the best fucking place. Yeah. You you don't want to go there when it's too fucking late, and the doctor goes, "I can't do shit for you. You got to be on hospice." Mm -hmm. You know, kiss the baby. You understand? I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. You, no, I mean, good. I'm just, that's just, that's, that's just, uh, you know, my opinion on it. I mean, and if you're an artist, you you, you can schedule, I mean, there, there are some artists that do take care of themselves. They work at LL, Cool J for one, you know, there's a lot of artists that are, are, are into nutrition, you know, the locks, they got, they got the juice bars and they work out. And like, there's, there are a lot of artists that are understanding this concept, you know, um, but there's some that still don't embrace it, you know, and, we want you guys to be around for quite yeah. some time you have to think in terms of scheduling you know your fitness just like you schedule you know you you perform it, you know yeah. it's
2: you got you to make yourself a priority because if you don't make yourself a priority your health a priority there's no show coming up
1: <laughs> no That's there's it. no show you'll be That'd sick be you know physically and, i mean and, and keep it and it's keep so in perfect. mind something I what i'm saying is not the end all the it's not the, it's not a blanket statement as it regards to your health, because you know some people can just be genuinely sick you know even if they part. are in good shape you know what I mean? but you but you but you have to you know you have to do your due diligence and try to you do know your do your part to try to prevent it you know it's helpful
2: that's true yeah very well said yeah
0: and it's good that you did touch on uh mental health and physical health well you mm-hmm. said physical health, but I am just uh, gonna say health. yeah, health yeah. period, because a lot natural of times as well. exactly because a lot of times we just focus on the music, but we don't look at what the artists deal with when they're off the stage or when they're not in the, in the booth recording their music, because they deal with a lot of things before they get to the booth or before they get to the stage. And taking care of yourself is highly important. And I'm glad that you touch on that because you don't really get to hear that a lot of times in interviews. So for thank
1: you for touching yeah, on that man. for us. No question, mm-hmm. body, your mind, all that is it, it, You have to put all that together, and you have to manage all that at once. You know, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. your mind's not right, your body it will never be right. You can't get your body right unless you have the proper mindset. Exactly. You know. All right.
4: Can I ask? Uh, I'm gonna hit you with like a three thing real quick. All right. Uh, T money. Is that all right? Three three oh, questions.
1: Yeah. It hit me with a combination. All right, so let me <laughs> yeah. let me get myself ready here, son. I don't know what you're
4: about me, bro. Nah, they're not too heavy, but they they still uh, gonna be right. out. you. got it, man. I see already got you're handling yourself. All okay. right, number one, first one. Where do you think YOM TV rap sits in the hip hop museum when all is said and done?
1: Where do I think it sits? Yeah. Oh wow, that's a broad question. Um. Um, Young T V Rap sits, you know, sits the top of um, Young T Raps sits at the top of um, all the video programming, you know. Um, but it, it was the number one show on on MTV. Um, it was the number one um show of its type during the time that it was on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it um, it actually bonded the hip hop culture and hip hop music. Um, worldwide. Um, it was it's the biggest and broadest show of its kind, you know, so you, you have to have to give it its props, you know, and say it was number one, you know, not to um not to say that all the other shows um well, we don't respect any of the other shows. I mean that's that's absolutely ridiculous. I have a true finders for one oh six, a true finders for Rap City. And you know, I have a finders for Ralph McDaniels and Of course, you know, um, in all the other shows, you know, um, Bobby Simmons, you know, shows like that, the box, um, you know, but the size of your own TV raps due to the fact that we were on Viacom and we did and we did that on Viacom and we we touched base with so many um, so many artists and and so many uh, entertainment people on a whole, not just not just rappers, you know we interview singers, we interview uh, actors, the actresses, we, you know, we interview uh, politicians, we interview so many people, you know? Sports, uh, sports. So many people on our show. Sports, Sports. I mean, Shaq, when he... Shaq just yeah. graduated from college and came on the show. I mean, yeah. everybody... History. Everybody was on our show. Directors, man. You know,
4: movies,
3: movies.
1: actors—Tyra Banks, um, John Singleton. Um, oh man, so so many people, man. I mean, I, I mean, in the infant, infant, you know, in infant stages too. You know, some people just came on. You know. It was just crazy. So, I would have to say Young know, T Ross would be number one in in the Hall of Fame um, as it relates to those type of shows.
4: Of Do you think there will ever be a documentary made or whatever?
1: Well, your own TV reps has they already have two documentaries out. What? Um Yeah, yeah. Um, you you can Google them, um, one is um, VH1 um, Rock Docs did one, and MTV did one. But, uh, but um, there's gonna probably be another one coming out. That's part of my NDA that I can't discuss. I understand. But we'll we'll, um, we'll discuss that later. But um, th- yeah. But there's already two documentaries on your own TV reps out now. Wow. Well, you, you, you can you can Google. Them. You can All right. cool. they're, on, they're on YouTube. YouTube carries them.
4: Definitely. Day. All right. Uh that was a two part. Second question. Now this is broad, because this is broad too, because you've done a lot. What celebrity haven't you met that you would
1: like to meet one day? I didn't meet I didn't meet uh Michael Jordan. Fab Fab met him. Fab inter- interviewed Michael Jordan years ago. Um Michael Jordan is a celebrity. Muhammad Ali, who passed away, I didn't get a chance to meet him. Um, those are my two, um, those are my two, um, what's it called? Those are my, two, uh, I can't remember what you call it when, you know, when you're an old man and, you know, you have on, um, you make a list. Bucket list. Bucket list. bucket list. Yeah. Right. Those yeah. are my two, two the two top guys on my bucket list. With, um, Michael Jordan and Muhammad Ali. Ali passed. So Michael Jordan's still here. i have yet to meet him. You know, All right, so we're a,
4: putting it out there. Jordan. Get with T Money. Come to his no birthday question. party. Be careful <laughs> though, but come to his birthday party. Watch out I for Caris.
1: Yeah, I won't watch out for Caris. No, Caris won't push Michael Jordan. I don't think. Oh, you no, know? all right.
4: I'm still but, number one. Oh,
1: sorry. Right. I, want, I have
4: one more, one more question. Did you finish that answer? I'm sorry. Those two?
1: Yeah, I'm there. Yeah, all right. Sorry. Yeah.
4: All right. Now this is a, this is a little complex one here, and and I think you kind of answered it, but I want to ask it this way. Um. Being that you came up, like you said, people in the infancy stage and when they were budding, budding and coming up, right? What is it like to see so many people come up that became millionaires slash billionaires? What are some qualities you see in these types
1: of people and traits that you notice
4: before they become successful and super successful?
1: The first quality I see in each and every one of these people is drive hmm Tireless effort. Tireless effort. You know when you're tired, so I'm so tired. Let me tell you something. Chuck D, um, aka Carlton Ride very good friend of mine since nineteen eighty three. Right? He he told me one day, he said, um, you know, we were cause they the public enemy has always been. Amazing to me, you know. As as young college kids, you know, they had their own office space.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Me and Dre used to go to their office. It was called 510, right? Um, they they had an office space in a, in a dentist's office where they would have all their DJ equipment, where they would do demo tapes, you know. Um, they shared it with EJ, this guy named EJ the DJ. It was it was just amazing to me because I'm sitting here like, I'm a freshman in college, and these guys got their own. They they're doing this as a business. Again, my mother says go to college, but I'm looking at my friends do this as a business. They're making money, right? So there's something wrong with this picture. Maybe my parents are a little slow here, so I don't know. So, but my thing is, he used to sit up because because Chuck D is a graphic artist by trade. You know, the public enemy logo and all that. Yeah, Chuck did that himself. Yeah, wow. he, he, He created that himself. So he was sitting there, he was drawing something. It wasn't Public Enemy logo, it was another <laughs> logo for someone. Um, I think it might have been Leaders or somebody, Leaders in New School, because Leaders New School came up under the 510, 510 umbrella. Um, mm-hmm. Buster, Charlie Brown, Dinko,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Milo. So, um, he was saying, it was 2 or 3 in the morning, you know, and I was like, I'm tired. He said, man, I'm not tired, What you tired for you don't, you don't need to get tired, because the next man's not tired. He's out there He's out there working while you sleeping. You know what I'm saying? You sleeping. Go yes, sleep. right. go ahead and That's sleep because he's working. And you know, he mm. keeps doing that. He's gonna pass you. Mm. They're not yeah. passing and Chuck said they're not passing me. I'm up here working. <laughs> That's right. I'm working, you know. I'm getting things done. So you can't you know, those guys, I mean Chuck D is still pushing.
2: He's on social media, he's still very active. This is the same
1: guy. This is the same guy I used to ride around Long Island with hanging up poster boards for parties in the snow. You know? We used to wow. do we used to do parties and back in the day there was no social media. So you used to have yeah. we used to create poster boards and hang them up in the neighborhoods at the beauty beauty parlors and the barbershops and the
3: Roosevelt.
1: Hempstead, Roosevelt, Westbury, Wine Dance, Amityville, right? Yeah. Um, um Brentwood. So we used to hang up poster boards. I mean, it would be snowing outside. <laughs> like you, you got to think about this mentality that he has. Like it, he's he's from that. So he's not going to I mean, this right here is easy for me. He could sit in front of a computer and do it. Yeah,
0: drive. Drive. Man. Drive. And, and making a man. powerful impact. That's what it's that's, all about. That's right. If I had Understand. to put it in
1: one word that would definitely be it. What's yeah. the similarities between all these people? I'm talking about Chuck Talking about Puff Daddy, I'm talking about yeah. Stevie J, I'm talking about all these people that I Russell Simmons, Russell Simmons, all these people that ran across my mind, you know. Uh, Ruben, as, you know, Rick Ruben, we were in drive, drive, hustle. hustle, yeah, you know. These guys, you know, I mean, these guys constantly do that. I mean, and it and and it's not hapless drive. It is dri- just drive. is driven. Their drive is is is, is per- purposeful.
3: Yeah,
1: like you know they, they're not just doing it just because oh no posing on instagram is not a drive to them you know going to every party is not really a drive for them doing something concrete mm-hmm. that's going to help them move to the next level is a totally different circumstance you know right. it's different you know so that's what they're all about you know
0: and that and that's my takeaway from the night is the word drive you know just mm-hmm. being driven towards your purpose you know what i'm saying yeah. That's mm-hmm. definitely my takeaway. And I only got no more than two more questions. And and I really appreciate all the knowledge and sharing your life story and your experiences because I know our audience is going to be excited to hear about your journey. But one of them is um who are who are the three most influential people that had the greatest impact on your life?
1: There's 3 Mm-hmm. Um God. Okay. God is a um I was um many a few years ago. Well, I won't say it a few years ago. Now it's almost. Oh, ten years ago. I was. I had cancer. Oh, okay. I had cancer and um. Okay. And I um, it was really tough for me. You mm-hmm. know, because you know I'm 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 this big strong dude. You know what I mean? So.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I um I was stricken with cancer and you know, and my and me speaking to and you know and a lot of people have their have their thoughts and feelings in regards to um God and you know you know how they feel about how to worship him and mm-hmm. if he, if he's even real and this, that and the third. But I you know, as far as I'm concerned, if it wasn't for him, I would have never survived. I would have never made it through. Um me speaking to him gave me gave me clarity, it gave me strength, it gave me peace, you know. I really heard him talk to me and telling me that you know you're gonna be okay. You know, I mean it was it was touch and go there for me for a while, you know, because I mean I was it was it was in his early stages, but still like who who the hell wants cancer? Like fuck yeah. cancer, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, so, said, fuck so, cancer, so right. yeah, no question. Yeah. So um so today I'm cancer free, God bless me. Oh all you right, um, that's right. you what know, and I um beautiful. And I've been cancer-free for quite some time. You know, as a matter of fact, there are people who people who call me to talk to me about about um, you know when they get sick and Mm -hmm. you know what they should do. And you know, I kind of guide a lot of people. I've guided over the last ten years. I've guided people to, sure, you know, to go and what to do in regards to their health and everything else. So it's been it's been an interesting journey. But God first. Um, Mm -hmm. Secondly, it would be my father. Okay. You know. you know, unfortunately, a lot of us, you know, when I say us, you know what I'm talking about, don't have um, a father there to guide them, you know, and help them in their life. But I, I could tell you right now, actual facts. I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for my father. Mm-hmm. Wow. I wouldn't be sitting here being able to talk to you, with you know, with any sense or even exist. You wouldn't even be interested in speaking to me if it wasn't for my father. My father is a great man. Um and he's everything a father is supposed to be, which helps me mm-hmm. as a father, you know, raise my daughter, you know, um, you know, and I and I, can, I totally understand the importance of having a father in your life. I mean, mothers are, I mean, who who can who can argue with how important a mother is, right? But mm-hmm. a but a, a father, is, you know, especially for a young man, mm-hmm. is extremely important. Um, and I, I'm not too sure if there's a third. Okay. Um, um but I know that those two are one and two without all okay. question, you know. Okay.
4: I guess it's like personally and professionally, you
1: know? The third one could be miscellaneous. Well oh yeah. Um and professionally I am gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. It's it's what I I actually experienced through my days of being in entertainment. I okay. mean if you can package that all together, I mean from, from DJing at the the local, the local clubs, mm-hmm. to DJing in the national spotlight, to being on television, to, you know, making records and doing all that, you know, it it was a life changing situation, you know, it changed my life, you know, and it, it, it taught me a lot of lessons in regards to people, and well, what to do and, and 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 what not to do, you know, um, you had to grow up real quick, you know. Um, and like everybody else, you know, you got your pitfalls and, you know, you got your, you know, you got your peaks and valleys, you know. So um, I learned from that, you know, which helps me do well in my business, you know, because I, I've learned so much.
4: Yeah. I just want to say, I'm sorry to keep going. I, this is on my, on my mind. There are some people that are just, like uh, Big Crit said, The lottery of geography, sometimes people have bad luck of being in a certain lottery for geography, like being in the South, he feels like he's underrated. But with you and your lottery in geography, it seems like you were born in the right place at the right time to make all of this come together. And I just find that, I don't want to say chosen, but it feels like you were put for the purpose and you found it and you rode that wave, ride the lightning, so to speak. Anyway. I'm
1: done. I said I was going to be done. I'm done. Well, maybe. Or maybe oh, maybe. Well, that's that's cool. Maybe you can you could say that to a degree. Um, I never thought of it that way. Um, that I was in the right place at the right time. Um, but when you're successful in this business, you ride a wave. You mm-hmm. you know you're part of it. You know, um, Correct. just like if you were a, a player that was on a Super Bowl team. You know, mm-hmm. you on that you on that wave. You know. And if you're successful, if you become a great producer amongst a bunch of producers and, you know, and your form of, of production is hot at the time, you're riding the wave, you're generating the income. If, if, this, if this kind of music that you're making is, is popular, then you're riding a wave and you're doing well, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's the same thing as that, you know. I came up in a time where hip hop was, was on the rise. You know, and you, you got to know something about a, a a a movement, right? Movements just don't happen overnight. They just they don't just come out like, oh, okay, oh, you're going to be hot overnight. It's usually something that bubbles under the surface for quite some time, and it mm-hmm. builds and it builds and it builds, you know. And you have detractors during that time. Just like I I remember during the time me and Dr. Dre were in college, we would DJ these fraternity parties. And the fraternities, um, the, the heads of the fraternities would come to us and say, "Well, oh, we don't want you to play that hip-hop bebop shit, quote-unquote. You know, that Run DMC stuff, you can just, don't play that shit here. We, we don't listen to that. You play that Colonel Abrams, you play that, mm-hmm. you know, you play that R&B shit, you can play that, but we don't. And, and keep in mind this is Run-DMC, they're on profile, they they're, they're mm-hmm. the big they're, they're the biggest artists out.
3: Yeah.
1: They didn't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. So you have detractors, you have people who didn't want this music to surface because rock and roll was king. Mm-hmm. You know and MTV itself didn't want black music to be Pop You're up. right. You're right. <laughs> you know, yeah. So Michael Michael Jackson had to threaten them to take mm-hmm. his shit off of MTV before mm-hmm. they did anything. They didn't yeah. want to do your M T V raps. They didn't want to do that shit. But they had no nope. choice. They they had to buckle under the pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So the, it it was a wave. So yeah, I, I guess to your point, I, I I I was I rode the wave. You know, I, I contributed. I contributed along the way but i rode that way so you have to be part of a wave somewhere because you can't do it yourself you know nothing that great ever happens by yourself you know there's always a bunch of people that say you know let's make this happen let's champion this campaign let's do this you know
0: yeah i agree i agree Mm -hmm. and thanks you know, and I appreciate that you did mention that because I know that MTV, like, you know, people have to realize MTV wasn't eager to put anything on that <laughs> with your MTV brass or anything else like that. It just didn't happen no. like that. There was mm-hmm. a challenge that occurred in order for them to even get to the point that they did. Right. Um, gratefully, they did because we wouldn't have had the explosion or the experience that we have with your MTV raps, but it just didn't happen overnight. This was a struggle that became a reality. Thanks to people like you and other ones that were involved in that process. And I just want to give you an opportunity because you shared so much of your story, which we greatly appreciate. And you took us on that journey and it was just good having that conversation with you tonight to know your story. And I just want to give you an opportunity because this is a, you know, just want to give an opportunity to give a shout out or anything you want to promote, like any upcoming events or appearances or projects that's coming out. So we want to give you an opportunity to share that with our audience.
1: Um, that's why I send um, a shout out out to, um, my clients, the p project. Okay. Um, Say what's up to them. You know they're a great wine and spirit. You might want to check them out. Uh-huh. All right, very good wine and spirit. They're a, a subsidiary of Pinot Noir. They've been in existence since 2009. They're official. You know okay. they're, one of my, they're one of my clients. Okay. And um, you know I want to give a shout out to you guys for Thank having you. me on today. I really appreciate it. I know uh, it, got, it was hectic earlier. I was you know stuck in traffic. No, no, you worry, worry about listen,
2: it. We're glad so to have good. We're glad yeah. to have you, man. This is such a great opportunity. And you said so much. I think that you definitely make a powerful impact on the community, on the industry, um, just to people in a whole in general. So I, I really appreciate you coming. It, it was mm-hmm. such a pleasure to have you.
1: Uh, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, you guys. You know, yeah. we'll do this again soon. Oh yeah, we definitely do it again. And, and you we know. Are. <laughs> absolutely. And we'll we're again
2: coming up. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And again, you know, we pre- mm-hmm. go ahead. You're fine. You no, I was,
1: I was okay. I was gonna say, um, I'm looking to put together uh, an event, um, you know, for my company. So I would like to invite you guys. That'd be really cool. We would love to come. Yes. We would love to come. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So well, that's, powerful.
0: That's cool. Powerful impact will be in the building. Yes. Will that's cool. In the <laughs> so that, is a, that is a bet. All right. No doubt. No doubt. Well, once again, we thank T-Money, which, again, I am grateful. I've been a fan of Yo! MTV Raps from a youth and even to now. And we thank you for your contribution, for what you did with Original Concept, yeah. Yo! MTV Raps, and even the things you're doing today. You know, it could never, we can never put words to what you're doing, and we will continue to honor what you're doing, the contribution you make for the culture. Again, I thank my, my partners and Rhyme um, as far as what we do here. My partner SP, uh Goddess, myself, Solak, and again Neb. And we want to encourage all of our fans who've been watching us and supporting us. Continue to subscribe. Well, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you can stay updated on our upcoming episodes and follow us on social media. And remember, powerful impact is more than music, it is a way of life. And Neb, I'm gonna let you check us out with our infamous sound we like to make after every episode. And Team Money, once again, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for the contribution you make to the culture. And more importantly, we love who you are and what you do.
2: Yeah. All, right. All right.
0: Peace, peace, peace.
1: Peace. <laughs> Y'all be good, man. All right. All right. One. One. One.